We are ruling. Yes. Don't think, feel. Your destiny lies with me, podcast listeners. Obi-Wan knew this to be true. <laughs> yeah, what up? It's your man, Dean Edwards. We are in the building. Welcome to the Huddlemuckin' Protocol podcast. Welcome, welcome back, man. We back here for another wonderful time here on the Father Market Protocol, brought to you by allthingscomedy.com. Go check out some of the wonderful podcasts that are on that network. Podcasts by the likes of Billy Bird, his Monday morning podcast. Uh, podcasts by uh, Felipe Esperanza. Esparza, Esparza. What up, fool? <laughs> By uh, Brian Scalero, uh, Kira Saltanovich, and many more. Ari Shafir, uh, Neil Brennan. Go, go click on, go log on to allthingscomedy.com and boom, and, and see what they have in store, man. There's a bunch of other podcasts. But more importantly, you are here with me. On the Father Mucking Protocol. And I appreciate you riding with me, cause cause that's how we get down. You, my Father Mucking fan, are my co-pilot today. Hmm? I was just uh for first off, uh shout out, uh, go check out Joseph Vesey, our our executive producer, Mr. Joseph Vesey. Why am I speaking? Oh, let me tell you something. Why am I speaking like Fire Marshal Bell? I don't know. Um Comics are, you know, that's like a, a a thing that comic comics for whatever reason we uh, well on stage, you're not supposed to do another person's character on stage, which is uh which I I guess that makes sense. Like if if we re- rewound twenty some odd years and Jim Carrey was uh you know right right in the prime of. In Living Color and Fire Marshal Bill, that would have been close to damn near 25 years ago. And if you were a comic coming up, you couldn't go on and then say, Yeah, let me, let me show you how done. It's just, that's just, that's, that's protocol. <laughs> it's just the rule. You, you can't go on doing, uh, a comic told me that years ago, I was going on uh, doing a joke based on, uh, it was just an impression. <laughs> Bobcat Goldwait. <laughs> And in it, I did a joke he had done. If you ever <clears throat> see me getting beat down by the police or anyone else, put the camera down and help. And so I, when I was doing the impression of Bobcat, I did that joke. And I remember uh, Douglas Berryhill. I found my three-hill. <laughs> Has said no one ever. Um, no, no, I didn't say it. That's a super pause moment. Anyway, uh, yeah. So uh, he 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 told me because he he had been out there longer than me, and uh, what ninety two, and he he said, yeah, you are. You can't you can't go on, and uh, you just did his bit. And I was like, oh, okay. And I was I was uh, at least I I was I was proud that I knew what a bit was. When I first started, I was like, oh, I'm part of the, I'm part of the collective. I'm part of the, the comedy collective because I know what a bit is. Um, so, yeah, you're not supposed to, you're, you're, you're never supposed to do that. Um, yeah, uh, check out Vessi's uh, The Callback podcast. Um, 
featuring some wonderful interviews uh, here in the realm of comedy and uh, beyond. Uh, um, I actually, you know what? I It was said to me last week via tweets because, you know, I do reads the tweets, the tweets, the twats. Um, uh, it, was, it was requested that uh, here, here's some of the um, guests that uh, someone asked about last week. And I was like, you know what? I can see that. Actually, one or two of them were, all, were already uh, on, on the list. Um, uh, I'm the wackest DJ uh, at Kinda Impressed. He follows... I as it could be a woman could be, I don't know you know I'm gonna say is it might be a woman because there are two f- pictures of women on uh on the I I live in Thirty Rock and I'm from Pawnee that's funny um but requested actually said or she I I'm the wackest DJ said you were the first comedian on Rosenberg Radio and Cipher Sounds podcast one app hashtag one app that's the uh, name of their uh. Their podcast. Juan Epstein, for those that don't know, was a character on uh, on Welcome Back. Kind of, welcome back. Your dreams are your ticket out. You'll notice there, there, there are certain things that will just come through uh, whilst I'm talking, and that's one of them. Sometimes you'll just hear me say, welcome back, and that's, that's a reference to one of my favorite sitcoms when I was a little boy. And, um, yeah, so, and I know... Um, Cypher's a big, he's a big TV head from back in the days. He, he, you know, he, Cypher, I, I might even give him credit with having a stronger, a, I won't say a stronger uh, knowledge, but a stronger recollection of, uh, of, of 70s and 80s sitcoms and maybe even some 90s. My I have the same recollection but I'm not as fast with it, you know what I mean? And uh like like he can he can give you the 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 listing for like a Tuesday night on ABC. I could I could you know what I can do that somewhat. Like I know Monday night was NBC was Little House on the Prairie. Tuesday night was ABC. Uh Tuesday night was Happy Days, Laverne and Shirley. Three's Company, and then fill in the blank with it. You know, at one point it was the Rup- Ropers. Uh, 10 o'clock, I think, was Heart to Heart. Uh, what was Wednesday? Wednesday, I feel like Wednesday might have been The Facts of Life. The Facts of Life? I remember Saturday night was uh, Saturday night, Different Strokes. Oh, wait, Different Strokes came on at 8, and then Facts of Life, 8.30? I, I don't, I do not recall um, so that's where uh, Cypher might uh, might give this. And here's what's funny: Saturday you would watch NBC, you'd watch Different Strokes, and then you'd turn to uh, ABC at nine o'clock to watch The Love Boat, and then at, uh, you just leave it on ABC till ten o'clock. And at ten o'clock, Fantasy Island came on. Oh, and you know what was dope when it was a rollover episode, like once in a blue moon. Maybe it might might have only happened once or twice. But it seems like it happened more than that. That could just be via repeats. But um, there would be an episode where the love boat went to Fantasy Island. So you had a crossover episode. That's when you're like, oh, shoot, you see what they did? They, they went from one place and then it just rolled over. So it was like a two-hour special. I, I used to always love those when, when, uh, when they would make 
make programs. They also used to do this back in the days. They would make movies. They would make um, TV movies kind of, um, I don't think they've, network, major network TV movies sort of disappeared. But there was a time when major networks, Sunday night was for the CBS evening movie or uh, weekly movie or ABC or NBC. And there was a time when like they would get all of the stars from their shows from the from the from the big shows on the network and they would uh they would be in this one movie this one 2 hour <laughs> movie and I'm trying to remember damn was I remember there was one where uh, was I think it was Gary Coleman Michael J Fox maybe Joe from Facts of Life you know like it was just this weird amalgamation uh, Tootie was in the, you know, uh, T- Kim Fields. Damn, I wish I could remember the names of some of those. So anyway, I was saying uh, that uh, that the wackest DJ, uh, kind of impressed, suggested we have Rosenberg and Cypher Sounds on the podcast. And I said, you know, oh, and, and also uh, mentioned uh, talent, uh, my man Jim Brewer, and uh, and uh, the the actress, the talented, brilliant actress, the real Lisa Ann, who <laughs> Lisa Ann is like making the making the rounds on the circuit. And so I I, I actually hit hit um, hit the Waggis DJ bag and said, "Those are uh, great suggestions. I'm gonna reach out to to them and their great suggestions." And then uh, I know uh, Lisa Ann said, "You know, easy is it." Not not necessarily great. I'm not great yet, but I was like, no, no. She said, I'm I'm just okay. Try not to oversell it. But I was like, nah. I was like, if you're making the rounds, that means everybody is is digging what you're doing. So, um, yeah. So anyway, anywho, uh, what was I saying? So so keep an eye out for them in the uh, in the near future. Did I mention talent? I said talent too. I had already already actually planned uh, to reach out to uh, talent. To do like a series of of New York New York City legends, you know, sort of like because because like in 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 the world of basketball, you have like the street legends, right? And so I think in New York City there are there are sort of comic legends that they may not necessarily be worldwide household names, but I know talent, uh, my man talent from uh, Mount Vernon. Uh, shout out to the Vernon, uh, that's where brother was raised, right here. And um, I think Talon would make a a great um, a great guest. He's real funny. He's talented, and uh, and we shall see. Also, for those that uh, aren't aware, which is all of you, my man Keith Robinson. Here's the thing: Keith was supposed to be here. You know what? What other podcast tells you about what you don't get, son? Huh? You know, most people they just brush the uh, the stumbles under the rug. Nah, I'm, I'm gonna put it out there, and I, I'm doing that because I know he's gonna come next week. <laughs> he better come next week. But uh, my man Keith Robinson, pop pop, Keith Pudgem Robinson. There's a story behind that. Uh, Keith, he was supposed to come last week, but he was supposed to come last week. But uh, instead, he uh, he's gonna come. No, no, I, let me re- rewind that. My mind was just just thrown. He was supposed to come today, but instead he's going to come next week uh, because he, um, 
Yeah, I guess his his aunt is in the uh, is in the hospital. So uh, his aunt's in the hospital. So prayers up uh, for Keith Robinson's auntie. And we'll catch you next week, son. Uh, we look forward to having him in here next week. And, for, and this, this is actually a nice, uh, this is a nice trailer for next week. Keith, for those that don't know, Keith, Keith actually is one of those, I'll say almost like a New York City legend, Philly legend, East Coast legend, worldwide though. I mean, Keith, Keith gets, gets on his grind, on his hustle. Um, but more importantly, Keith has, uh, He's assisted so many, uh, you know, comics coming up, including myself, uh, and most notably uh, one Kevin Hart. Um, he he he's from Philly, but he he's always he's he, yeah. I mean, Keith was out there when when like Chris Rock and them were were in the clubs, you know, and he's always been very uh, very giving and helpful, not only with. Um, with information, sharing information, but also, you know, giving giving newer comics guidance and telling them, you know, what landmines to avoid and, and uh, you know, just giving us information on how to maneuver through these trenches, you know. So I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to having, um, having Keith on next week. So y'all just, y'all keep an ear out for that. Uh, shout out to all. These are some long shout outs. Shout out to all the uh, all the new jacks that I was kicking it with up there at New York Comedy Club last weekend. Uh, that's that's becoming a nice uh, new second home to a brother. Uh, Big Mike and I would they they were telling me that they did you guys did the the call back there. One time, so I'm thinking about talking about Emilio, who actually listened and bigged us up on uh, and retweeted um, the episode. Um, yeah, I might talk to him about us possibly doing something live with the podcast, you know, in New York Comedy Club. I think that would be a nice space. and Because uh, it's, it's not gigantic, but it's big enough that you get a nice crowd in there, you know, like doing some maybe an early show there sometime in the near future, maybe before the end of the uh, end of the year. Uh, yeah, so keep keeping it around for that. My blessings up and way up, I feel blessed. Speaking of one, Aubrey uh, Drake Grimm, <laughs> Drake. Uh, it seems that Drake responded. To uh, Meek Mill last last week, I think I told y'all or I mentioned how Nicki Minaj. Well, Taylor Swift wound up sort of uh, jumping jumping into some drama with Nicki Minaj. Um, she jumped in and was totally, and now she's apologizing, saying, "Oh, you know what? I thought you were. I misinterpreted uh, what you said on Twitter and thought thought you were referring to me." Now, here's what's funny. I did not realize. Well, I did, but because I don't like things just, just I don't like letting things become. Oh, there's a racial issue, and but as as a black man, I'm always aware um, that that people don't realize sometimes what they say or what they do. So, Nicki Minaj. Well, not even Nicki Minaj. The general public, specifically a lot of uh, black people, got offended because uh, um, Taylor Swift made it about her when Nicki, 
Nick, Nikki's initial um, stance was, you know, the Grammy nominations were out and best video of the year. And she said some things about, uh, uh, and keep in mind, this is all via tweet. So this is all within 140 characters. And I think what people need to remember is you're getting an abridged version of someone's thought process, you know, because they're they're doing their best to squeeze in uh, some some thought into 140 characters, including spaces and and uh, and grammar, uh, uh, punctuation. So she says something with regards to the Grammys, uh, you know, only appreciating one one sort of body one type of body and ignoring, uh, you know, women of color. And Taylor Swift makes it about her. And so a lot of people were saying, oh, well, this this is pretty much par for the course. Um, uh, uh, this this uh, woman is, she's talking about feminism, but you be a feminist, but just made it about herself. You know, I thought it was funny watching watching people pounce on Taylor Swift, because, and let's clarify, I have no problem with Taylor Swift, but I think that people have decided to put her on this pedestal where she is the represent representation of all that is good. And so then people also got on media from, I think, Entertainment Weekly to uh, other online publications because the pictures that they used, damn, I wish I had saved saved the, the, uh, the article on my uh, on my iPad, but they said you know they and they sh- they showed the screenshots when we were, with reference to Taylor Swift they showed pictures of Taylor looking luxurious and glam glammed out and smiling and then <laughs> and then they showed these these pictures of Nicki Minaj making these crazy faces with wild crazy colored hair and someone did uh said why don't we juxtapose the the pictures and see see um see what picture is painted because it it follows it follows this long narrative of I hope I hope people aren't like saying they want to now turn this off because I'm not I'm not trying to be deep but making a point and if you log off you really wasn't riding with me anyway son but uh <laughs> but the I think part of the bigger problem that Nikki was addressing and and also her her Fans, and then just the 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 average passerby that happened to be black and was uh, was watching was saying, you know what? It's part of the same uh, tired old narrative of, oh, it's an angry black woman. She's getting loud and angry. Don't know why I chose to speak like this. But it's but the, where there's smoke, there's fire. People and and Nikki and these uh, all these people that uh, commented. They they raise a point. Maybe 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 you all should um, stop painting people into the box, whether whether they're black, whether they're uh, Latino, whether they're East Indian, whether they're Asian, whatever they are. Um, stop saying people can only be one. One. Uh, we're not all Borg. You. We don't want to all assimilate. We come in various flavors. <laughs> we got in various flavors. So, so Mike and I, when we when Mike first got here, I don't know. I, I like my boy Rich. Actually, a lot of my my, my family and my friends know. I I constantly am quoting Darth Vader, 
Uh, because you know I like it, and it hit me. I guess he's one of the first voices that I. You know what? Actually, I think I always would mimic Darth Vader. But you know what? I, I really liked uh, James Earl Jones' tone, his voice, because I remember mocking Falsa Doom from Conan the Barbarian. He was like, remember Conan was was uh, was was messed up. He was he was he was uh, he was messed up, and he was like, "You kill my father, you kill my mother, you kill my people, you took my father's sword." Ah, uh, yes. Oh, it must have been me in a in a younger day. And he's a little of steel. Yes, you know what it is, boy. You do know it, don't you? Shall I tell you? Steel is strong, but flesh, flesh is stronger. What is steel compared to the hand? That wheel, and he had this big, <laughs> he had this big goofy grin. What is steel compared to the hand that wields it? And then he ended the scene by saying, contemplate this on the tree of woe, crucify him. And I was like, that dude is cool. And, I, and so that made me want a deep voice. That just made me want a deep voice because, like, that dude, he just said crucify him, and it sounded cool. Darth Vader was a bad. Darth Vader was, was bad. I've been waiting for you, young. Wait, no, no, it was I've been waiting for you, Obi-Wan. We meet again at last. The circle is now complete. When I left you, I was but the learner. Now I am the master. You're the master of evil, Darth. That was actually, I had a joke. <laughs> I have a joke about that because I was like, number one, why is everybody in outer space British? Everyone's in the, in the uh, uh, there, is, there is a danger. Who should we evacuate? It, right now, in our moment of triumph, I think you overestimate the chances. And I remember as a kid saying, wait, what, what, why, why do they all sound like Monty Python? You know? But that's why I guess I, I dug Darth Vader because he was the one dude that he wasn't, he, he didn't have an accent. He, he, he was the force strong with this one. He has so many quotables. He has uh, uh, the ability to destroy a planet is insignificant next to the power, power. You see how he says power? He's, he doesn't say power. He says power of the force. And then the dude, the dude starts mocking him. He's like, I find your lack of faith disturbing. That dude is cool. Come on, man. That dude is bad. He had a red lightsaber. Obi-Wan had a blue one. Fire beats ice. All right, I'm sorry. Um, but I, you know, that, that, that's always been a dream. Anytime I play, uh, like, The Force Unleashed on PlayStation, um, and they should be about to, well, I'm sure there'll be a new, new, new game uh, with the new movie, but um, I get annoyed at the Darth Vader character because... The dude that does him, he does he does a passable Vader. But is it a great Vader? No. You know, that's just just me, you know. I'd love to I'd love to be I'd love to be electronic arts' Vader is what I'm putting. I gotta put it out in the universe. So anyway, back to speaking, you know, look, it sounds like I'm beefing with the dude that does the Darth Vader voice. Shots fired. Plow, plow. Pow. 
pow, pow. When did when did shots fired go from pow? Was pow ever threatening? Pow, pow. As opposed to Raekwon from Wu Tang. Pow, chapow. Wu for the cipher. Um, yeah. So uh, you know what I notice when I reset whatever I'm saying, I go um, and I pause. These are things that you notice as you listen to yourself. So Drake and Meek Mill, uh, they were beefing uh, last week. And, well, they weren't beefing. Meek was just calling Drake out uh, because he was saying that that Drake uses a ghostwriter. And I think since then, Meek has apologized. And he did it all via Twitter. And y'all know how I feel about uh, social media beef it's it's not beef it's it's fluff you can't you can't beef with someone and say did you read my tweet i tweeted at you take that 140 characters or less emoji emoji emoticon emoji five exclamation points question mark exclamation point so you know you know, Meek is Street, Drake is Toronto. You know what sucks? If you're from Toronto, you know what's got to suck? Somebody in Toronto is like real gully and real street, but no one really takes them. When they cross the border, no one believes in their thug. No one believes in their gangster. You can't, you know why? Because have you ever been to Toronto? Toronto is a clean city, man. You know, and that's nothing to, 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 to wag your finger at. That's something to be proud of. New York is a nasty city. I love my city, but New York is is nasty, dirty. Uh, that's why they say if you can make it here, you can make it anywhere. Why? Because it's toxic, right? <laughs> if you can if you can roll out of bed on a Monday morning and make it to work through uh, walking, you can make it to the to the A train while passing. A, a heap, a, a, a 500-pound amalgamation of garbage bags, and you know there are rats in that. You know there's this all type of urchins, and then a pissy, uh, hold up, a, a, a pissy mattress that's not wrapped up in its plastic, so now if there were bed bugs, they might jump on you. If you can make it past, if you can make it past there, get on the train, you can you can deal with someone that's doing backflips and 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 break dancing and hanging on the uh, on the poles, and then and then someone else that's walking down the uh, the train saying, "Pardon me, ladies and gentlemen, I apologize for interrupting your day, but I you know I'm a homeless veteran. I my, I've lost my home and my family's at home, and 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 you can make it through your evil thoughts where you're thinking to yourself, "Well, you should be at home with them. Oh, you ain't got a home. You if you and then go to work." Deal with whoever you're dealing with at, at home and then get home and prepare for the next day. And then you might have a side hustle where you hear you're you're an artist. And so you have to now go to another to a studio that night. You know, you got a lot of things to go through. Whereas in, in Toronto, you, you hear birds chirping, you know. Like Toronto seems like you know Toronto seems like Toronto seems like the 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 wonderful land of Oz. Toronto seems like when you when you when you if you drive or fly up there as soon as you pass through customs you just hear na 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 na
and a bird will just land on your shoulder and start singing to you. That's what Toronto feels like. I've been to Toronto numerous times. I love Toronto, man. I used to do shows up there with, uh, with my man Russell Peters, you know, uh, for Elijah Hooks. <laughs> That's a blast from the past. Uh, you know, we, 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 yeah, Toronto was awesome. I used to go up to Carabana every year. Uh, Caribbean Festival, for those that don't know. Love, love Toronto, but no one believes in the thuggishness out of Toronto. And so that's, that's you know what, I think the, the Meek Mill Drake situation um, really spots like, spotlights a bigger issue is the fact, number one, misery, people, people don't like seeing somebody win for too long, you know, whether it's Drake, whether it's Beyonce, I think uh, Kev is starting to uh, get it down the same way Dave Cook did. Should be Louis, you know. Um, uh, uh, you know, I'm trying to think of a celebrity. Ben Affleck, you know. No one likes seeing someone too happy. People like people like cheering you and saluting you and, and rooting for you. But then there's a point they get sick of rooting for you because they're like, damn, he's, he's still winning. And people, are, people can be miserable. People can wallow in their own misery. And that's why they say misery loves company. That's why I you know, do my best to teach my children not to ever get affected positively or too positively or too negatively by what someone else experiences. You know, you can celebrate it. You know, you go to a concert, cheer it, root for them. Hey, they did a great job. But then you leave and you leave after you uh, walk out of that venue. It's back to your real life. And you celebrate your life every day, man. You you got, you know what I mean? You gotta people get too caught up in 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 creating icons and putting people on these pedestals. And then when they uh when when the the person proves to be less than perfect, people people are affected. So affected. People are people are angry by it. But the, the people that are angry about it but are the same people that help. Tear him down, you know? People are mad at Drake because, why? Because he sings? Because everything, because way up, I feel blessed. I'm way up, like everything, everything Drake does is a song. But because he sings in a song, everything Drake does, he sings in a song. That's what he does. That's why we like him. Uh, you know, Bone Thugs. Bone Thugs sang, but you know what the problem, difference between Drake and Bone Thugs, besides the fact that one's from Toronto and one's from Ace 99 from Cleveland, uh, I think Drake, people think Drake comes from privilege, right? Now, he comes from, a, um, I think he was raised solely by his mom, so he comes, now on paper... He comes from a, a one-parent household, so on paper it seems like he didn't uh, he didn't have everything uh, handed to him. But because because he was a a, a teenage uh, he was an actor as a teen, most people have a general idea of of how much people get paid in the realm of entertainment. No one necessarily knows exactly. I'm sure it's not that hard to find out. You could find out what someone, what, what scale for an actor was back in the, uh, 
back in the days when Degrassi was on and, and Drake and Drake or Aub- Aubrey was was on there. Um but you know I think people look at him like oh this this dude he's been winning since he was a kid. And then on top of that, you know, people have this 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 uh this fixation on skin tone. Drake is a light skinned dude. Drake is what we call, you know, yellow, you know. He he's he he's he's Elder Barge and Al Al B Shore versus uh who was versus uh uh Wesley Snipes, you know, or back back when Al B Shore was was hot. I'm trying to think of a, like Freddie Jackson was a dark skinned dude. Freddie Jackson didn't get the same crossover appeal that Al B Shore did, but probably made you know just made hits too. But people always have a fixation on on. People's skin tone. So now you have Meek Mill. Meek Mill's a dark-skinned dude. A lot of people remember him from, from uh, before he really got on when he had cornrows. So now, now he looks even more, more street because he he didn't have like the oh he didn't always have the neat cornrows. He had like the my cornrows, I've had them for like three weeks and now they look a little rusty. <laughs> he had the he had the, the I need I need a retouch. I need I need uh Tasha. I need to sit down on, on the front stoop and have Tasha redo my uh my my braids because my rose is looking kind of rusty right now. You know, so so son got in his feelings to Twitter and and started calling out Drake for using a ghostwriter. Since then, then uh you know, other people become involved. Um Folk Master Flex. You know, he goes on his show and, and says, you know, Drake has has made hits, so if Meek is wrong, then we owe him an apology. But if he's if Meek Mill is right, you know, this is a travesty and this is that is not hip hop. I'm like, you know, honestly, part of me is like, who cares? Now I understand people saying, here's the thing, this summer, this particular summer, Sprite has a campaign. Where they they take they've taken four four of hip hop's you know brightest MCs. Uh, you have Rakim, you have the God MC Rakim, the Seventh Letter. You have um, Biggie, uh, Christopher Wallace, Notorious B.I.G. You have Nasir Jones, aka Nas. And you have Drape. You have you have look. I said Drape, and you have Drake. Right, and they all have their and what they've done, they've taken these four, splashed them on cans and, and posters. I've I've seen them throughout uh, New York City. I think there's one around the corner from my house, and um, and I mean it's a marketing ploy. Now, you know, if I if if I'm in my conscious Malcolm X zone mode, I'm on some. You know, they're just using. Your culture, they're using our culture to sell high fructose corn syrup to to people, to to the youth, you know. Uh, but if I'm just looking at it from strictly from a musical perspective and seeing using Meek Mill's argument, they're saying, you know what, you never heard about Nas using a ghost rider, never heard about Biggie using a ghost rider or uh or the God MC using a ghost writer, Rakim. So to include 
Drake in that number of these four great MCs, mic controllers, you know, masters of ceremonies, then he shouldn't be using a ghost rider. And there I do see the point. If you're going to consider yourself one of the greatest, then it's debatable whether using a using a, a, a ghost rider and and having actually having the the um the the demo track that's that's what made it worse that was more damaging the Funk Master Flex then released a video of this dude I think his name is Quentin Miller he he's the alleged ghost writer and Drake has a song called uh, is it one hundred bands ten bands twenty bands whatever whatever bands I'm here I I can't follow there's so much music coming out um. So it shows dudes singing Drake, this, singing the same song that Drake sings. And so it was probably like a, uh, a, a demo version that he submitted to Drake. And then Drake just mimicked it. So what do y'all think? Y'all think, what, 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 what's the fam think? Y'all think that, uh, that Drake is out of line? Is Drake still considered one of the greats? Or does, does, he, does his great status get revoked? Now, Drake laid low and silent all the last week, and then um, then he he released uh, two songs um, this this week. Actually, he released one, I think, um, was it over the weekend? And this second one, he's he's kind of um, really <laughs> he's really going at a. <laughs> He's going at at Meek Mill, and you know, poor fella. Uh, but I, but once again, I do. I think the songs are great. I think it's impressive that he's dropped two songs in a short period of time. Um, but it's not. Here's the, here's the thing: when you when you consider it amongst the greats. I think that that your 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 diss track has to be compared to the greats because that's that's what people do in hip hop. Hip hop is a contact sport. Hip hop music, I should say, but hip hop culture in general. It's all contact because uh, a big part of hip hop is is battling, you know, and battling um, is, is competition. You know what I mean? So competitively, whether you what are the four elements of hip hop? Uh, DJing. Graffiti, uh, rapping, emceeing, and uh, and b-boying, breakdancing, right? All four elements have uh, there's there's a battle element, you know. Of yo, that's that. If if you dan- if you think you're the best dancer, you got to battle a bunch of cats around the way, around your way, to prove you the nicest. If you the uh, dopest rapper, dopest MC. You gotta prove, show and prove. You got, you got, you know, you gotta, uh, you know, what was battle royalities? Cats. Same with DJing. They don't. Really, I don't know if they still have DJ. The the term DJ is 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 so. Now it's kind of it's not corny, but now it's been uh, it's been modified to include all these DJs that really just push buttons. You know, and like if you you drive around in LA. You'll see all these these billboards for DJs in Vegas, and number one, most of them aren't of color. Uh, but number two, 
most of them aren't DJs. Like, like they literally can push buttons and program. And, and, and now let me also clarify for anyone that's like, well, he's very color fixated. No, I'm not because my man DJ Scribbles. Scribbles is a DJ. That's, you know what? That's who's going to, I got to get Scribbles on here in the living room. Scribble would be an awesome guest because Scribbles, Scribbs, actually Scribbs was was he was on Hot 97 during like the 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 heyday, that era where they owned New York City radio. Um toured with with uh different uh you know hip hop icons. Also was in a, a rap group called uh Young White Young Black Teenagers. A lot of people don't if if you ever saw um I think it was was it House Party 2 or Class Act? There was there was I think it was House Party 2. And there was a there was a white dude with dreadlocks in there. I can't think of his name, but he was he was one of the uh, one of the uh, rappers and young young black teenagers. I think Public Enemy might have discovered them. They were from Long Island, but but you know Scrabbles is a real DJ. I was watching. I was I was on YouTube looking for uh, things with DJ Jazzy Jeff from Fresh Prince from back in the days, and I found because because. Uh, People have said, I think it's true, that Jazzy created the transform scratch where it's like, and Jazzy is a DJ. You know, Grandmaster Flash is a DJ. You know, there are DJs. Just But that's the same, you know, it's a similar argument. Rapping versus an MC, you know. Like Eminem is a rapper slash MC. Talib is a rapper slash MC. Uh, uh, Most um, is a rapper. Black Dante is a rapper slash MC. I'm trying to think of or Yazin Bay is is now what most deaf is going by. So Yazin is 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 a is an MC first, then then a rapper. You know, um, uh, well, I think KRS said that years ago. Rap is something you do. Hip hop is something you you live. The difference is kids nowadays, they got the video. Rappers don't need skills to flow, so they don't really know. Hear me, yo. I'm five times on Arsenio. <laughs> you know that's old when you quote Arsenio. <laughs> so Drake, uh, Drake has, has this new record, man, that he's, he's, he's spitting fire at uh, Meek Mill. I will say that. Don't get me wrong. I think the song is good. Do I think it's, I don't think it's great, but I do think it's it's good. I think it's good because he has some uh he has some dope punchlines that um he has some dope punchlines. Here I'm I'm uh, I actually I I clicked on this earlier because I wanted to see wanted to save some of these lines. It says Tringa finger is your Twitter finger. You know, uh uh let's see if let's see some more. Some more uh, of his lines beginning Tupac. No, uh, I'm not the type of nigga to type with niggas. Trigger fingers turned to Twitter fingers. <laughs> I didn't want to do it. Gave me every reason. That's you know what, and that's the other thing. I was listen. I was actually listening. Is that is that a word? This is the line that's illmatic because Meek is right. Meek is opening. Uh, Meek is is uh, is booed up with Nicki Minaj. And so, <laughs> so this line, he's touring with her. And so this line was kind of ill. Is that a world tour or your girl's tour? Ooh, 
pow, blah, 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 shots fired, pow, pow. That's to me. That's that's a that's a dope line. And he has he has a a, a couple of dope one liners that uh that kind of shut shut things down. It'll be interesting to see now. Everyone's saying, you know, what is what is Meek gonna do if Meek doesn't respond soon? You know what he Drake wins. But here's the thing: Drake can come out with a song a day, right? But all it takes is one. Because I think back when Nas. And Jay Z had their uh, had their little squabble. Um, I think Jay might have. I, I, he had super ugly, and he had live. Uh, Roc, uh, we running this rap. <laughs> Meek and Bleak running this. Uh, I forgot that the name of that song, but uh, he had like two songs where he was getting at at Nas. Nas dropped Ether. Ether shut both those songs. Ether made both those songs just look look <laughs> look like water. You know what I mean? And, and uh, so you know it'll be interesting to see if 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 and what Meek says. And you know what you know what I feel real bad for Nicki Minaj because she's in the middle of it because her and Drake are label mates. They they're friends and and Meek kinda kinda apologized. Some people say that it was a. Uh, it was not a thorough apology. It was kind of an apology. Um, but we'll see. It's all good for hip-hop because uh, ultimately, look, I almost said at the end of the day, and you know I can't stand that phrase. Okay. At the end of the day, this, that, and the third. At the end of the day, it's tomorrow. No, <laughs> I, I, I can't stand that phrase. At the end of the day, this, that, and the third. Whoop, 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 and all that. Uh, and all that. You know, ultimately it's good for hip hop as long as people keep it uh, keep it on record. I don't think either of these dudes. I know Drake doesn't want beef. He's from Toronto. They're birds chirping. And I saw saw an interview some months back where Meek was saying, you know what, I'm 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 past all that streets. You know, I want I want to live. I want to provide for my family. And you know, you hope. Well, here's and the problem is it's never the. No, I shouldn't say never. It's not, usually it's not the artist, it's their crew. Their crew is uh, sometimes not even their crew. It's just some hangers on that are trying to prove how 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 down they are, son. You know, anyway. Uh you asked me a question, Mike, last week, and I was like, oh, we should have talked about that. Um and was it about something about Material we were talking about my special last week, uh, or me preparing for my special. Also, just just to keep y'all posted on the along with the journey. Um, yeah, the uh, the 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 submission is in producers' hands, so I will I will keep you posted. But uh, Barry uh, he hit me the other day. He said the hour is in Scott's hands. So Scott, the uh, head of production, is in his hands. And now, now we wait. And I didn't ask him. I just, I, I didn't ask him about it. He just, he sent that because I said, you know, and I made him wait a little while. So now I know I got to, I know I got to wait. So I will wait and we'll sit patiently. Uh, but in the meantime, uh, I'm, I'm excited, and like I said, I've already started ironing out how I want the uh, like the the 
the the cover of the special look um and you know promo I think I told y'all I think the title I want to go with is is uh Dean Edwards Father Muckin' Funny Father Muckin' Funny you know cuz Father Muckin is a brand at the end of the day Father Muckin is a brand <laughs> at the end of the day I can't stand that um yeah, man. So that's uh, that's what what else? What I'm trying to think. What else been going on? Yo, Jilly from Philly, Jill Scott's new joint is out. The review is in. I actually wrote. You know what? I wrote this for y'all, and I said, you know what? I'm gonna read this on the uh, podcast. Now here's the thing. I um saw Jill last week. This is new. There's a renovated theater in uh in New York. Well, in Brooklyn, there's a renovated theater. Um, uh, that they they took me to uh, last like a pre-birthday thing. They took me to see because I've I've seen Jill Scott now six or seven times since she uh, since she dropped, and um, I was there. I was riding with Jill. You know what? Here's the thing. Anytime you were you were in on the ground floor, you feel an extra special connection because you were riding with someone. Before everybody else, before the the general populace decided to say, "Oh, we like her too, her or him too," so I was down with Jill. I'm a you know I'm a big roots head. I, I probably have, it, with the exception of their last album, I think um, I have all of the roots uh, catalog, taking it back to organics. Uh, organics, you want more? Illadelph Half Life. Jeez, uh, 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 I can't fudge. Junior Achieve, um, when things fall apart, you know, uh, all all of those. Look, I almost said the low end theory. That's tried. So anyway, I've been with the Roots for a long time. So the Roots, and uh, was it was that ninety? 99 They dropped. Uh, if you don't worry about where I've been, who I saw or. What club I went to with my homie, baby, don't worry. You know that you got me. They dropped that. That was the first single off of um off of Things Fall Apart. And that that actually won them their first Grammy, right? Erica Badu was on the song. Eve rhymed, rapped on the song. Eve, no, the uh, Pitbull MC. Eve was fierce on the mic. Still spits fire, son. Uh, Pitbull in a skirt. Uh, but um, the person that actually wrote those lyrics was Jill Scott and knew that, but then became aware of it. The Roots dropped an album called, a double album called The Roots Come Alive. It was, because uh, The Roots, what a lot of people don't know is The Roots were a big, the, the Roots, because they weren't necessarily a big selling act, they they didn't always sell a lot of records, um, but they toured like crazy. Like these dudes, them dudes toured like like it was insane, son. And they were always overseas. And that's I remember when I would um, go overseas when I first started going overseas, like to Amsterdam. The 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 music scene they were they they seemed to be bigger on. What what some might call classic hip hop, you know, where it was about that boom bap and not not sort of at the time. I think 
you know, the shiny suits had just faded, you know, uh, the bad boy era started uh, started waning a little bit where the shiny suits weren't as shiny. They didn't have as much luster. And then things went back to the street with DMX, and, you know, uh, it's dark and hell is hot and, and the, the Rough Riders and, and uh, Jay-Z, Hard Knock Life. Um, but that also, at the same time, it's interesting that's when hip hop started doing stadiums again, you know, and that you got to big up Puffy and Bad Boys and their shiny suits for that because a lot of people don't know Jay Z, Jay Z, um, and Buster open were were opening featured acts on the uh, on Puff Daddy and the Family World Tour back in uh, back in what was that ninety seven ninety eight when when Puffy's album uh, his solo album uh, dropped. And that that proved to promoters that hip hop could that you could do a hip hop concert without people get the fear that was always associated was oh we're gonna have all these rappers in here and someone's gonna get shot people are gonna die but a majority of those concerts like if if you have them in a an eighteen thousand seat uh, arena. Especially in middle America, most of the audiences, who was I talking to? Might have damn. I was talking to someone and they were saying, yeah, you know, a lot of those concerts were were majority white, you know. Um especially as they progressed, you know, maybe the first, the earlier versions were 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 black and then mixed, and then you saw fewer and fewer uh, just black faces. You saw some of everybody. You know that's just my guess. I have no, I have no ocular proof of that, but that's my guess. So um, during that, uh, during that era, I should say, um, I you know you got to salute Puffy and and and, and you got you got to salute Mace and now. What you what you know about here? That that's my impression of bass back in this. What you know about headrest? <laughs> I just made myself laugh. I'm sorry. I uh I apologize for that. That was a loud outburst in in your ear. Uh so anyway, damn, what was my original point? I was talking about uh what was I talking about, Mike? I was talking about hip hop, but but I, there was a point. What point was I making? Hip hop changed. I just lost my my train of thought. Oh, so the roots. There we go. No, I knew there was something to this. You know, I, I go on tangents, but I gotta come back. That's that's what Mike does here. You know, he brings a brother back, land the plane deed. So, so anyway, so the roots, they they did the roots come alive, and one of the tracks after they did You Got Me. Uh, or right before they did, you got me. They bring out uh, they said this is Jilly from Philly. This uh, how many? Yeah, how many y'all uh, like that song? You got me because I think they closed with. You have to close with whatever the big hit was, and that was the big hit at the time. So they they bring her out and they introduce her. Uh, and I'll never because they my name, my name is J I L L S C O T T. She spells her name. You see what she did? Jill Scott representing North Philly, yo. So Jill came out, and I was like, oh, 
It wasn't Erica Because I remember reading That it says Lyrics by And I think you saw Jill Scott on there I'm like well who's that You know I was one of those dudes I've always been one of those dudes That actually reads The CDs Look, looking for for thank you. <laughs> I read people's thank you like like I'm gonna see my name in them, right? I always thought that was just dozy. Like you ever, you know, it's going. Here's I, I was watching. Um, I was watching Tig Notaro, uh has has this documentary about um, about you know her legendary set at Largo and the year between what what happened when she found out she got cancer and then. Her journey towards, uh, you know, how it's funny how things can change so so quickly. Uh, your life can change, and I think she she lost her mother and found out she got cancer, like in in this within a week, and then she wound up uh, going and just talking about it on stage at Largo, and it became this. They wound up recording it. And it became like this this number one comedy album. They this Louis C.K., Billy Burr, they all like, man, that that just was amazing. And so Louis told her she should release it, and she released it, and like became this top this top of the Billboard charts album, which is amazing. So um, I'm watching this doc, and it also goes into her wanting to have a family with her her girlfriend and. Um, it's, it's great. It's called Tig. It's on Netflix. I, I watched it while washing dishes <laughs> over the weekend, and it, it, uh, it was very gripping and uh, pulled me in because I did I did a I did a pilot with Tig years ago, and it was re- I, was it bad? It was it was kind of rough. It was it was called Comedy Coliseum. It was a great opportunity. Things didn't work out the way we wanted them to. Comedy Coliseum, a bunch of comics. Tig to uh, uh, who was on there? Tig, uh, Kyle, uh, Kyle uh, Dunnigan, who's who's also like one of Tig's close uh, close friends. Uh, Freddie Freddie Lockhart, just a bunch of bunch of comics that were in L.A. and it was like there was a show back back in the days called Make Me Make Me Laugh. And you had to bring contestants on and make them laugh. That's what this was. Um, it, to me, it was almost, it was like uh, they, it was make me laugh meets wilding out meets last comic standing. Interesting. It was an interesting concept. Anyway, uh, produced by Vil, Vin DeBono, who also produces uh, America's Funniest Videos. And I remember uh, DeBono, he he had like this, this was it a Ferrari? He had... This Ferrari and, and it was one of five in the world. Then I was like, oh, so so you're oh, so you are rich. <laughs> Cause that show's been on for for 20 plus what, like 25 years? And at, at the time, well, you you do the math. The show, the show is inexpensive to produce because they just people send in their clips. It's just that people send in their clips, you have a host. And you might fly a couple of families in when you narrow it down to one of these three families. And then every episode, what do you give away? $5,000, $10,000? And then at the end of the year, you give away 100000 This show is the original reality TV, Mike said. It's the original clip show. It's the original America's Funniest Videos is the original YouTube where you go to see cats, <laughs> cats and pet tricks and uh, that have gone awry. So 
we did this uh we did this and Tig and I she had this and she was just real funny to me so I watched her doc and then at the end of the uh documentary I actually caught myself cuz I was actually watching just cuz I wanted to see who she thanked and I always thought to myself even when I was a kid I used to say why are you reading these you're not in them what do you what do you right they're there for for you I guess I guess why do people like thank yous because you're curious to see who who someone knows and who they thank, you know. Like uh, I think in Chris Rock's "Bring the Pain," uh, I think Chris Rock thanks his wife. Uh, actually, before his, she was his wife, she, they were engaged. Malik Compton, his ex-wife now, right? Malik Compton, and he uh, he's a special thanks. I think his dad Julius passed away. So he gave his dad a special thanks. He gave Lauren Michaels a shout out, you know. And so I was like, oh, so I guess, yeah, there's something, something interesting about thank you. So anyway, um, uh, Jill, Jill Scott, back to Jill. Jill, I, I became familiar with from that Roots concert. Then maybe a year later, her album dropped. Um, I think my, my girlfriend, future wife, uh, excuse me, gives me her first CD, Who Is Jill Scott? And this album's amazing. It, it's, it's right on the tail end of that neo-soul uh, era. The neo-soul era was ushered in by the likes of D'Angelo and uh, Erica Badu. And you had many other artists that then came out of that era. Um, but... Those artists shouldn't have only been contained to Neo Soul. Like Neo Soul was cool because it was just it was a throwback to the the sort of electronic R&B that was becoming popular at the time and the and the hybrid R&B that uh you know utilized rap <clears throat> and and breakbeats from hip hop um a la Mary J Blige um or even Jodeci and so uh, Neo Soul was sort of a throwback to classic 70s R&B grooves, you know, with Dean or, you know, even D'Angelo singing uh, Smokey Robinson's Baby, let's go rose away from here. I'm kind of nice vocally, son. I just want to put that out there. So, <laughs> so here's what's crazy. So Jill Scott's album was so dope and, and everyone I was telling about I was like, yo, have you heard this the, uh, shorty that uh, she sang The Roots, You Got Me? Who, Erica Badu? No, no, Jill Scott. She has this song. It's real, it's real dope, man. Uh, Call Long. Let's take a long walk around the park. So I'm now buying the CD and giving it to people as gifts, like for their birthdays or whatever. whatever. I, I, I just, I, I bought at least five or six copies of that CD and gave it out to people. Fast forward, uh, she did her first tour in New York. Because um, I, I feel like I remember seeing her. There was there was something called Black Lily. Black Lily, uh, they would do at, uh, they would do in Philly. What was the name of this spot? It's not the five spot. I can't think of the name. But they had this thing. It was either weekly or monthly called the Black Lily. And the Roots would uh, co-host it along with, um, you know, all of the, you know, up-and-coming Philly poets and, and uh, 
artists and singers that were coming up. So you had Jill Scott, you had uh, um, uh, uh, Jazzy Fat Nasties, Jaguar Wright, you know, you just, uh, Music Soul Child, just that whole Philly scene. I know Erica sort of also, uh, you know, came through that, that circuit. And um, I think I saw Jill there one time when I was in Philly because they used to do uh, do uh, the Laugh House in Philly. Shout out and uh, rest in peace to the Laugh House. A lot of a lot of great comics, uh, you know, got their start there from uh, from Kevin Hart to Big J Okerson and to Ray Gordon. Yeah, so um, the first real real concert I'd see Jill at is at the Hammerstein Ballroom. And this had to be, it might have been late 2000, early 2001. And I remember they surprised her by presenting her with a platinum plaque for her album. She she's got misty and she's like, nah, yeah, she's crying. She's like, y'all don't understand. This, I had no promotion. <laughs> I had, which kind of sucks, man. Uh, you need a, a promotional team to help you. If you have a record company, and at the time it was Hidden Beach, I think she's on Atlantic now, but at the time she was on Hidden Beach, which was uh, Jazzy Jeff's label, which might be why I was listening, looking for Jazzy Jeff this weekend, now that I think about it. Um, so, you know, you drop the album, but you also need to advertise. You know, that's that's like most movies, they'll say... A movie if a if a movie costs 12, 12 million, which is actually which is crazy, that's low budget now. Twelve million dollars is low budget for a movie. <laughs> um, so if you spend twelve million on the movie, they got to spend at least that amount to promote it. So a movie that costs twelve million, the budget is really twenty four million, and that movie has to make at least twenty four million and one dollars in order to turn a profit. You know. Because they spend so much money on on the advertising, on posters, so that when you, I was gonna say when you go to use a public phone, but <laughs> but there are this weird. You'll still see public phone booths, like the 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 halfway phone booths, but not necessarily the phones, you know, um, or on the side of buses, on the top of cabs, or on billboards, or or on, when you when you go on to Netflix and you see a little ad and it says skip ad, they want you to watch the ad, you know. Well, that's promotion. Jilly from Philly had none of that. So she said, you know what, this the reason I this I sold this many albums, this is because of y'all. She thanked us. Which which I which as someone that supported from the roots time, roots days, I felt like, yeah, you know what, we 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 did that, Joe. <laughs> you feel like you 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 were part of a part of a movement, you know. You know, and especially now, nah, I, I, I bought most. I think we might have two copies in in our in our CD collection right now. So, uh, saw her there, and then then I just I've seen her. We've gone to see her in concert a bunch of times. Seen her sometimes paid, sometimes for free. You know, uh, she uh, the 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 cool thing about living in New York City is that they uh, New York City Parks and Rec they have, and I've mentioned this before, they have these free concerts during the summer. This summer concert series. Where they, you know, there's a tour that's out right now, the the Legends of Hip Hop tour, uh, featuring uh, Rakim, Big Daddy Kane, uh, uh, I think MC Light is doing dates, Dougie Fresh and Slick Rick, um, 
I heard Das Effects and Method Man and Red Man, you know, uh, Chub Rock, Special Ed, you know, and, and, and numerous other artists from the late 80s and uh, uh, 90s on these, uh, on these tours, which I'm happy about because I always, as, as a fan of, of not only, as a fan of not only the, the artists, and the era, but also a fan of artists still getting to work, doing what they do. I, I never, I don't appreciate ageism. I don't like ageism. I don't like, that's, that's, if there's ever one thing that bugs me about uh, commercial hip hop is that uh, it's not only youth, I don't mind it being youth driven, but I don't like the people that helps create uh, uh, the culture getting squeezed out of reaping the financial benefits of it, you know? And so I always, going back to how I mentioned when I went to Amsterdam the first time, I remember them saying that, uh, talking to a dude, and he was like, oh, yeah, man, EPMD was just here. And I was like, really? This is like 98, 99. I was like, really, EPMD? I didn't, because they weren't really torn like that in the States, because... By the late 90s, um, that's when rappers really were owning the music charts. And you had from, from Ja Rule to Eminem to Jay-Z to DMX, all of them were, to Eve, they were, they were going multi-platinum. They were selling, you know, two and three and four millions of masons, all these albums, you know, and, and they, were, they were doing pop numbers they were doing pop artist numbers and uh and so i'm happy that that these these artists now can can tour can just you know earn a living as opposed to only going overseas and being appreciated i, I dig the fact that they can get appreciated back here uh man i'm getting misty eyed now i'm just playing uh, but i appreciate the fact that that you know cats like a das effect who i think were were br brilliant and ushered in a new era of uh and style of rap that they don't get their just due. And so the fact that they can go on on the road and, and you know do 20 20 to 30 dates in the states on these big concert tours. My boy General just uh told me uh up in uh upstate that he um now up, when I say upstate I don't mean he's in jail. <laughs> but he uh you got to clarify. Uh, he told me that he's going to that tour and it has a bunch of them on that tour. So, But I saw that concert when it was at Wingate Park in Brooklyn for free. Only thing you... We brought lawn chairs and snacks and, and some food and just had a good time. It was like, you know, see, I'm trying to think, who have I seen uh, at Wingate Park? I know I saw Jill... Got there for free. Saw Tony Braxton and her sisters. Uh, we just saw um, Shaka Khan was at Prospect Park for free. Uh, 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 Shakespeare in the park at uh, Central Park. Um, yeah, they still. They Mike just asked. They still do that. I said, yeah, they, yes, they. The, the only like with most of these, it's just first come first serve. So with Shakespeare in the park, you have to get there, and they open the uh, box office at noon. And so hopefully you're in line and you get a ticket before they run out because Shakespeare in the Park, they have a theater dedicated just for the uh, a theater um, in, the, in, in Central Park around West 78th, 
78, 79. Um, you go up there, wait in line. We just made it. Like I, I, I saw when we were there when they said we don't have all the seats we have aren't going to be together now. So, but we've seen that. Um, seen Erica Badu, uh, Queen Latifah. They did this thing called the uh, Sugar Water Festival. Um, dang, Frankie Beverly and Mays. Uh, Frank Mays featuring Frankie Beverly. When you've been gigging with a with a band for forty and fifty years, just join the band. You know, Frankie Beverly. I'm talking to you. Uh, who else have I seen? I'm well. You get the idea. You've seen a lot of a lot of free concerts um, in Brooklyn, which which has been great. So that's I've seen I've seen Jill Scott like I said six or seven times, um, and every time she performs, man. I walk away like, damn, I got to step my game up. Which is honestly, that's how I always, when going back as far as I can remember, because I've always wanted to be a performer as, as long as I can uh, recall, I always would go to concerts. And there's part of me that's enjoying the concert and there's a part of me that's in the moment, but there's also a part of me is like, that's, that's turning and looking at the audience like, this is amazing. I want to get to that le level where I can command an audience and make make people sway to the left and then sway to the right. Just because the power, the power involved, man. I think that's 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 so dope that you can just get it, get every. When we were watching Jill last week, I was like, this is dope that people are rocking and are in sync. You know, to get a couple thousand people in sync, that's power, and that, and, and that's a beautiful. Uh, Beautiful uh, harmony to to be in, you know, and um, and also I gotta salute uh, whoever renovated the theater because the theater is right at at uh, Flatbush. It's on Flatbush and Church Avenue, so it's like the heart of Brooklyn. Um, and it's this renovate. It's just a beautiful theater, man. It's uh, King's Theater. It's a beautiful theater. They they've renovated. They've they've kept all of the old school affectations uh, of the uh the design and the sculpture along the uh the walls and the stairwells it's just a beautiful theater and watching her I was like I'm I'm also barring cuz I'm like oh you know what that I I like how how the her background her entire band and background singers everyone's dressed in black but they had on these neon green sneakers and, and because I'm you know I'm preparing for for my special so I'm always I'm, I now when I go to see a show, I'm also barring. I'm like, ooh, maybe that might be a... So I take pictures of the backdrop and, and uh, what I like about the theater, you know, just because those are things... Those I figure if they're memorable to me, these are things that are memorable to uh, the, the average person, and these are things that we can uh, bring when, when we... Uh, to, to our career. You know, so Jill, she puts on this this incredible show, man. Uh, she she has she has such range because she, I mean, she she's she she's a talented actress. We you know a lot of people may or may not know she's a she's a brilliant spoken word artist as well, but she's also a talented actress. And she she gave you that on stage. You you dig when some you dig when someone performs so much and give so much of themselves to where at the end of the show, when they do an encore, you figure they they almost dragged themselves and limped off stage because they left it all on the field. 
I mean, she 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 gave us you know some 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 theatrical swag with like a little acting in there. Yeah, she 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 yeah. gave us the yeah gave us the po- the poetic side. Uh, she she gave us a jazzy feel. She uh she sang opera. She does opera, and she, then she uh then she gracias dios. She sang in Spanish. I was like, yo. This this woman is amazing, and then she has just the most wonderful smile. You know, Jill Jill just glows, and um and it was a great great show. And then I uh got I, my wife's birthday just passed, so we got her uh got her the album for her birthday. She has a new CD out called Woman, and she has this song. She has this song called Lighthouse, man, and this song. Wow, the song is dope. So it is it's uh I the song's so dope that I wound up I, I said to myself yesterday on the train, because I was thinking about, you know, anytime my I remember my parents used to do this. My parents would um they would like we would ask about something like if you if you said, yeah, ma, uh what what does I don't know, juxtapose. What does juxtapose mean? And your parents would give you an assignment and then you'd be like, damn, I wish I didn't ask. Right? You ever do that? <laughs> Ma, Ma, can you tell me what does Excelsior mean? You got a dictionary? Yeah. Go look it up. <sighs> you can't just tell me what it means. No, you got to look it up. So then you're like, oh, gosh. And then your mother's like, okay, you know what? Since since it's such a problem, you can... Uh, you can not only look up the definition, but I want you to write an essay, right? Your parents always looking for some essay. That was always, the, that's the go-to for parents. When parents want you to stay busy, like there's nothing, if I, if I see the kids, if, don't, don't let, don't come to me and say, I'm bored, I have nothing to do. Oh, shouldn't have said that. Because <laughs> there's an essays in there somewhere, right? So you want to say, yeah, go look up Excelsior and then write an essay on how, on why you had to look it up. And next thing I know, I'm writing a, writing an essay saying I was sitting I was sitting here in my bedroom um, on a Sunday afternoon reading reading uh, the Amazing Spider Man when I read a character yells out Excelsior. And uh, yeah, next thing you know, you're writing out this long essay. So I actually yesterday on the train, you, have you ever done that, Mike? Where you hear a song and you will play it on loop, like constantly? Yeah. So that's what I did. Right now, I think the 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 worst case uh, uh, scenario. Well, the worst, the most I ever played a song. Nonstop that I can recall, and Harris Stanton can co-sign it. We were we were flying back from doing the Miami Improv. This is when uh, Jay Z's Kingdom Come album had dropped, right? And uh, I think that's the one we show me what you got, little mama. Show me what you got, little shorty. Hands up and wave and wave and wave, right? So uh, I think I liked. The drums in that, because the drums in that are reminiscent to the drums that are used in uh, Beyonce's Crazy in Love, and even more specifically, using A. Marie's, uh, now why can't we fall in love, uh? Don't let it go. Don't let it go. Don't let it 
I got what's it's on the hit soundtrack. Can you look that up for me? What's the, uh, it's it's on the hit sound. Um, it's one thing, one thing. That's the name of it. It's it's just one thing that got me tripping, right? So there there there's drums. I, I'm big on drums, right? And the drummer in in I think uh, Just Blaze might have produced uh, Show Him What You Got. And he, if he didn't use the same drummer, he used similar production. And so the drums and showing what you got. And the bam, bam, bam. Just blaze this. Get him just. He has these horns. And they, they're like this crescendo horns, right? And so I played this song for three, three and a half hours from getting on the plane. <laughs> I played this song. When we landed, I'll never forget. Harris looked at me. I took my headphones on. He's like, yo. Did you just play that song the entire trip? I was like, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's like, yo, what's wrong with you? There are other songs on that. He was like, I like Dig a Hole. I was like, yeah, I know. I just, I like, I like, I like showing what you got. You know, so I played the song nonstop. So, the, so yesterday, as a matter of fact, Jill Scott has this song called, uh, called Lighthouse. And I, and I, well, here's what's funny. So listen to a good amount of the album, um, on on my wife's birthday and we were in the car and we were driving around listening and then went to pick up um, the girls and heard this one song, Lighthouse. I didn't know that was the name of it. I think it's track four. And what we were like really into it, so we rewound it one time and then we just let the rest of the album play. So I was like, oh, I got to burn this to, to my uh, laptop. And then uh, there's, this, there's this new app I have called AirDroid. Which, which um, you can, it's a, it's a wire, wireless connection from your phone to, to your laptop or whatever device as opposed to using wires. So I started using that. So I, I dragged the album to my phone. And then all yesterday, I cannot find this song. Because you know how you listen to a snippet. Oh, I don't think that's it. And fast forward to the next song. I'm doing, going back and forth. I'm on the train the first half of the day going into the city. Probably takes me, you know, 30, 40 minutes to get to Midtown. Can't find it. So I'm listening to other songs and just enjoying those. So then yesterday, I found it as I'm walking to the train. I listened to this song for probably for like 40, 45 minutes. While I'm listening to it, I said, you know what? Uh, I should write, I should write my. I should write why I like the song. And next thing I know, because I'm like, ah, oh, damn. I hear my mother saying, write an essay, right? So I wind up, uh, I wind up writing, look, I wrote, should I read it, Mike? Should I read it? I'm going to read it. I'm going to read it. I'm going to read it, son. Uh, I just, like, right, right, right. I'll, you know what? I, I said maybe I'll write it and I'll post it online, but who cares, right? And like the lyrics, lyrics I, I am the shelter safe from harm, Jilly from Philly. So boom, so here it goes. I'm going to just read it like I'm talking. I'm listening to Jilly's new album. The song Lighthouse speaks to me, to my spirit. There's an eerie key riff, her lyrical flow. You know what? And as hold up. Let me also clarify. As I'm writing, I'm saying, I, I started imagining. I said, what if you were uh, a, a, one of those music critics that writes for like XXL or The Source or even The New York Times? So then I started... I said, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna use the same jargon and lingo. 
that they do. There's an eerie key riff. Her lyrical flow drips across the track. Her tone is hypnotic. The repetition of her verbiage is infectious. It's a combination, an amalgamation of styles blending rhythm and blues love song with hints of southern bounce music to get crunk to, touched with a dubstep verse of lyrics reminding us of her black lily roots. And I put roots in capitalization. I capitalize roots because it's a reference to the roots. All right. Uh, and skills as a spoken word artist. Still, though, there's something inspirational about the song Hopeful even I enjoy the song so much since first hearing it in my car yesterday with, my fam- with me familiar That I've been searching for the song again for the past 24 plus hours I didn't recall the track number whilst I drove And I couldn't find it because I kept getting stuck on the other great tracks on the disc I faced the album Wait, wait, I placed Oh, I put, placed the album to my laptop And then, oh no, no, I saved You know what, because I swipe on 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 Android, you can swipe, and so sometimes it'll put the wrong uh, the wrong word. So I I put save, but it wrote faced. <laughs> I face. You can tell I didn't use any uh, any spell check afterwards. Um, even though face is spelled correctly. Anyway, uh, see, even my my readings have asides. Um, I faced the album. I saved the album to my laptop, and then Android linked my phone and saved the album to my phone, knowing I'd get to absorb the new mat. Matt is short for material. The new Matt on the subway today. That's one of the benefits of living in New York City. Interacting with people, but also leaving the driving to someone else and zoning it, zoning out into a good book, CD, podcast, magazine. I played this song from Midtown Manhattan all the way back to Brooklyn. I fiddled with the settings on my phone and sped the song up, curious to see if it'd work as a mid-tempo club record. It does. Have you ever done that? Can you play with the settings on, on like your music? I think that, son, to me, that's one of the, the greatest things they could have put on the phone. Something that, so you can speed the song up or slow it down and then change the, especially you, Mike, being into sound. So, uh, so let me continue. Uh, uh, it does. I could also hear the house remix already. The version that starts slowly but eventually builds up, layered with harmonies until a crescendo of a full choir brings hole-in-the-wall clubs from the village to the side to their climax. Now I've modified the settings again, this time to concert hall, giving the already haunting track a hollowed-out sound and an additional echo. I just laughed to myself thinking about how I was dancing on the train platform because the rhythm got me. Ha <laughs> ha, yeah, Jilly got me. I guess she was right when she wrote and sang, You got me, with the legendary Roots crew back at the turn of the century, which is interesting because this song easily reminds me of something I can hear Miss Badu sing Justice to. You got us all, you got all of us, Jilly. Happy 15th anniversary and thanks for all the inspiration. Sitting here contemplating. That's how she ends the song. Oh, and then I put, here's my stop. Easy D, because I I uh, I had to get off the train and walk. Um, so yeah, you can tell uh, if y'all get a chance, go check out that song, man. Uh, Lighthouse. What'd you say? Mike says that's some review. So I have a future side gig. I he said he said people get paid to. You know what? Here's what's funny. As I'm reading that, I said to myself, you know what? I I now understand why my mom said write an essay about it. Because it helped you strengthen your vocab. It's almost like Daniel-san uh, in the Karate Kid, right? Where he was, uh, where Mr. Miyagi told him, wax on, wax off, clean the car, wax on, wax off. And all that time, your parents are saying, write an essay, read the dictionary. Those are all things 
and tools that they're they're sort of beating into you um, from the repetition of doing it. And eventually, I guess it worked because uh, I wrote a decent... What do y'all think? Y'all think it was a decent review? Maybe I'll post it. I should post it. My Big Mike is saying I should post it, so I guess I will. Um... Because I want people to go cop our album. You know you know what really bugged me about the concert? After walking out of the concert, and I know it's going to be, it, you know it's there, but it's just, it's when you see it, you're like, come on, son. We walk outside her, and she kept saying throughout the concert, my new album in stores tomorrow, which was weird because albums usually drop on Tuesday, but it was, it was uh, that was going to be dropping on Friday. But I wondered if it had something to do with because she kept saying it's, it's been 15 years, so I wondered if her first album dropped 15 years ago, which would have been, I think, the 20... What's that? The 24th? The 24th of, uh, of July. So I wonder if her first album dropped on July 24th, 1990, or maybe 2000, you know? Uh, interesting. Uh, maybe, I'll look, maybe I'll look that up. Or maybe one of the fam can look it up and let me know via uh, uh, iTunes comment. You see what I did there? Or 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 uh, SoundCloud, or even a Twitter, twat on the Twitter, um, or all of the above, man. Uh, so yeah, man, go go check out her joint. But what bugged me as I walked out, people were outside selling her CD. Yo, I got that new Jill Scott CD, seven dollars, and I'm like, come on, man. And people were buying it. I was like, see, that's, but it wasn't. They they were they were bootlegs. They were bootlegs, huh? Uh, it's Brooklyn. Mike, Mike just said she didn't have any security, but it's Brooklyn, man. I mean, if, if you go to Madison Square Garden, they're going to be people outside selling T-shirts, but selling this, I, it was just something grimy about it. That kind of bugged me a little bit. Uh, but what can you do? Oh, you know, uh, all we can do is live. So y'all make sure y'all go uh, cop Jill Scott's new album, uh, from uh, from I think Atlantic, um, go cop that CD, download digital download, huh? I got it from uh, Best Buy. I went to Best Buy and got it. Uh, there, what what stores still sell CDs? Best Buy, Fye. Yeah, I said I I still like CDs, man. I still I still dig um. Uh, Having a physical, why? Because I got to read the thank yous, man. I got to I gotta read my thank yous and see if my name is on the CD. Because, you know, it was like it was like when I was growing up, uh, I remember going like, uh, we didn't go on vacation a lot, but I remember you go on vacation and whether you're in a, a gas station, a rest area, or even the gift shop, and they would have keychains. Mike, I know you, they always had a mic. Or uh, John, Joe, Lisa, Jen, Jennifer, Chris, Dean. Dean was definitely not anywhere to be found, man. So I guess that that's I just got into the habit of always. I just always like looking for my name somewhere. That's that's once I found out that there's a dean in every university, I said, "You know what? I'll at least read my brother's college pamphlets to see my name some in a position of power no less, you know, because the dean is a very important person uh at at a, a university." Uh so yeah, go go cop that man uh follow me all over social media. 
at I am Dean Edwards, because that's who I am, son. Big Mike, as always, thank you for the sounds coming through, making making the living room a wonderful space for this this last hour plus. Uh, y'all, make sure you keep an ear out because uh, we are going to do this thing live before the end of the year. Y'all just, I'm going to keep saying it because if I keep saying it, then that'll make a reality because that, that'll force, I'll feel guilty because I, I, I haven't uh, pursued doing it. So I got to make sure uh, I get on that. And y'all, y'all definitely listen next, actually the next couple of weeks we're, we're going to have, um, well, Keith is supposed to be here next week. So uh, look out for uh, Pop Pop coming in to share share his. I because Keith, I know Keith's been out here. If I've been doing this what twenty three years, Keith's probably been doing it forty. <laughs> Keith, you're old. Hey, and and don't ever try to make me feel bad because I'm joking about your aunt being in the hospital. And he's like, yeah, she has Alzheimer's. So then I was like, oh, okay. Uh, here, let me read y'all the uh, the, the, the here here's a text read. By Dean Edwards. Text read by Dean Edwards. So, <laughs> in James Earl Jones's voice. So, yesterday, I, I texted Keith. And uh, I said, uh, I said, what's up, fool? Oh, well, you know, first, first he got mad because I kept texting him. So, he calls me on Monday. Dean, stop texting me like a teenage girl and call me, jackass. So I call, so we'd speak for like 20, 30 minutes. He tells me about he enjoyed Montreal and how he couldn't make the podcast last week. So then I hit him, uh, I hit him uh, on Monday. I said, what's up with this week, fool? He, he, uh, he called, he said, we're all set. Um, and then uh, I sent him my address, meet at, and then he sends me a text yesterday evening. After Michael had already confirmed everything was straight, this fool texts me, you're going to kill me. I'm in Philadelphia tomorrow seeing my aunt in the hospital. I completely forgot that was the day. I said, this guy, okay, what about next Wednesday? He said, for sure. And I said, I right, well, tell auntie, auntie, I said, get well soon. She has Alzheimer's, late stage. I said, uh, so are you saying she's not going to remember that I said get well? I'm trying to joke. No, she can't talk now. Said, stop trying to make me feel bad, fool. Not at all, but she's in pretty bad shape. Then I finally said, geez, okay, Keith, I get it. I'm sorry. Ha <laughs> ha, take it. So thank you, Keith. Thank you for, for making me feel bad uh, at making jokes. Um, so blessings to Keith and his family, man. And y'all can catch that fool in the living room with, with a brother uh, next next week. As always, keep keep checking us out. Leave your comments on, on iTunes, especially iTunes. Subscribe. Uh, like on iTunes and SoundCloud as well, but it seems like everyone's paying attention to iTunes. Um, make sure you download the episodes. If you can't listen to the full joint uh, on your first sit, make sure you download and you can listen when, when you're sitting on the subway or, or uh, in your car and you don't have Wi-Fi access on a plane, on a flight, wherever you got to do it. Make sure you take take us with you. It's a full mucking uh the Fuller Muckin uh, protocol should be with you at all times for reference. And New Jacks, uh, you know, keep listening. And, and I hope we, we drop some signs for y'all every week, man. It's your man, Dean Edwards. Big Mike, as always, thank you. And we'll catch y'all uh, next week, man. All right? All love. Two fingers. Peace.